0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 249.
1: I was Planet Small by Planet Safe. And uh, this was kind of my new adventure and me kind of stepping out on faith and stepping out into my life purpose. I think so many of us, um, we hear the call and we don't heed it. We don't answer it because we're fearful. And um, for me, it took that push of a dream. But for others, it could be something else that just pushes you over the edge and so this is one of my areas of focus now i want to help other women particularly i help men too but um particularly women i want to help get you unstuck because i've been there and i know what it looks like hello my name is jody flynn and welcome to women taking
0: the lead where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence integrity and a sense of humor head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey now your future awaits so let's get started Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Keisha Reynolds, who is an expert marketer and project management strategist. She developed skills within a 20 year career, mastering being a spokesperson, handling media crisis, implementing project schedules, developing strategies, writing speeches and articles, executing events, and managing online tools for nonprofits, corporate businesses, and government agencies. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. (laughs) Keisha uses her skills to coach inspirational business owners and entrepreneurs to next level their brands through increased visibility and comprehensive strategies. She lives in Maryland with her husband and son, and outside of spending time with her family, Keisha enjoys creative writing and running her podcast, Global Warriors. Love the name of your podcast, Keisha. Welcome to Women Taking the Lead. And if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble
1: beginnings, yes, thank you. First of all, I'm so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. So um, I I came from a average, typical, hardworking middle class family. As you mentioned, I grew up um, in and around Baltimore, Maryland. And one interesting thing about my family is that when I hit the age of like preteens. Um, my brother and myself, my parents decided to foster and to adopt other children. My mom was adopted herself, and it was um, really interesting because through those experiences, we really learned the value of inclusion, um, diversity of thought, and also giving back to others. And so those are traits that have tended to follow me throughout my life. Um, probably one trait that really stands out, from all of those experiences is that I tended to be more of a rule follower, I tended to kind of fit myself into a box um, amongst all the children. And so um, that could be a good thing. And then it could also have its downsides as well. But um, it was a great experience growing up overall.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm i a rule follower as well. And <laughs> and you can see the pros and cons of that, right? It's good that you kind of know what to do. You're like, just give me the rules. I'll do it. It can be, you know, kind for me, it reduces stress when I know what's expected of me and what to do and all of that. But at the same time, when somebody breaks the rules and then they're like enjoying life more and you're like, can you do that? Can you break those? And then you realize Like rules are just a paradigm we live in and not all rules like are solid, right? They're just, they're actually guidelines and not rules. So I can totally relate to that. And and now look at what you're doing now. Like we, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and essentially you and I help other people be super successful and how fun is that, right? And in that work, I know, because I've I've seen you a little bit in action, you know, promoting other people, and you've gained success, you've got some confidence. But what I like to start my guests off with is a plain small story, because it's humanizing. And we can all relate to that. We all have times where maybe we sold ourselves a little short, we didn't realize, like how much we were capable of. And so we held back a little bit. So share with us one of your own playing small stories and the lesson you've learned from
1: it. Okay, of course. And I like that we kind of started off with how we, you know, are rule followers and kind of fit ourselves into these boxes because this that was my story. I followed the rules, and essentially they were other people's rules for life. And so I was told that you go to college and you get a good job and then you get married and then you have a family. And so I was really kind of checking the boxes, and I was along that trajectory that my parents wanted me to um, to follow. And then um, I realized one day that there was something deeper inside of me that was calling for me, and I think for me it was my life purpose, and I couldn't shake it. I had a six-figure job. I um, had a fancy car. I had a house, actually two properties at the time, and I was quite successful according to, you know, people's pictorial of what success means here in the States. And, um, but I couldn't shake this feeling. And I kept saying to myself, I really need to be satisfied with what I have. I followed the rules and I have um, achieved this level of success, but there was something bigger calling me. And I had written this manuscript for this children's story and it was about chimpanzees. And so as a result, I really obsessively followed Jane Goodall, and I read every book that she had written. And um, I wanted to just learn more about chimpanzees and people who studied them. So I started stalking her website to some degree, and I found out on her website that she was offering an internship opportunity to come and study abroad for six months and be a part of her international organization um, in Tanzania. And it called to me and I thought, you know, I have a bigger purpose than this cubicle living that I'm doing right now. And I really just kind of want to step out. But I was really fearful of doing that. Um, but I went ahead and applied just to see what would happen. And I wound up getting accepted into the internship. And uh, it was a non-paid internship. And, um, you know, I could go on and on about this story because there's really some miraculous parts that happened Um, But I mulled over the decision because I couldn't rationalize actually leaving a good job, a good man, um, a fancy car, house, all of the things that they say that you should have for this opportunity that was calling me so strongly. Um, And probably two weeks to the point where I was supposed to fly, I was still mulling over the, the decision when a lady at work who was virtually a stranger to me had a dream And the the dream, um, she pulled me aside and told me about the dream. She said, it's going to make no sense to you. It's really a crazy dream. But I wanted to share it with you. And the dream was the exact answer to everything I had been praying about. Um, And so I could go into that later, but it was um, a really phenomenal experience. And for me, it was kind of like my confirmation that I needed to leave. And that day I turned in my resignation And I didn't look back. And so um, that was kind of my story. I was I was playing it small by playing it safe. And uh, this was kind of my new adventure and me kind of stepping out on faith and stepping out into my life purpose. I think so many of us, um, we hear the call and we don't heed it. We don't answer it because we're fearful. And um, for me, it took that push of a dream. But for others, it could be something else that just pushes you over the edge. And so this is one of my areas of focus. Now, I want to help other women, particularly I help men, too, but um, particularly women. I want to help get you unstuck because I've been there and I know what it looks like.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I love the word you used rational, right? I felt a calling. I was so interested in it, like to the point where you, you said you were like spending a lot of time on this website, yeah. on Jane Goodall's website, had an opportunity, you were giving it and everything on paper was telling you it is not rational
1: mm-hmm. to do
0: this. And that's the thing is like, like oftentimes our calling, our life purpose calls us to do things that are not rational because it is not rational right? Yes. It, it is, it is emotional. It is spiritual. It is so much bigger than logic, but here's the thing. Logic doesn't make you happy. Logic doesn't find fulfillment. And it is scary to, to balance that out. Yeah. We need logic to plan and we need, our, you know, rationality to be like, okay, I'm doing this. How am I going to make it work? Right. You need that part of your mind to actually execute what you want to do, but it's not necessarily always the part of your mind that you want leading the way to making all of the big decisions, it needs to be a part of it, not all of it. And that can be really scary.
1: Yes, (laughs) it was frightening. And especially to my friends and family, you know, people will give you advice as to what you should do, but they can only give you advice from their perspective of what they feel you should do. And so I really needed to kind of tune into my own guidance system and listen to myself. And I'm so glad that I made The decision to do that, because that opened the door to um, number one, proving to myself that I could take these adventures and I could live a life um, that was more fulfilling. And then number two, it also proved that, um, you know, life is really in your own making Mm -hmm. it's of your own making.
0: I love that. And this is a great segue into the next question, which I ask all of my guests, which is about your leadership style. I, you know, early on in my career, when I would talk to women about being leaders and they would kind of be like, oh no, I'm not a leader because I'm not this. And this Mm -hmm. would be like the stereotypical fortune 500 CEO, right? That, that charismatic visionary leader, but that we're not all leaders are wired that way. Leadership Looks very different in very different people. So, I try to collect as many different responses to this question as I can to make this point. So, Keisha, how would you describe your leadership style?
1: I would say that it's shifted over time. And now, because I do trust myself more, I do trust my intuition more. I would call myself more of an intuitive leader. And also, for me, teamwork is very important. Um, In my past, I was more of a background person, and I used to try to be a part of the background, but because of my stature, I'm almost six feet tall, and because of my stature, I would always stand out, even though I would try to cower into the back, and so people notice me, even if I didn't want them to, um, but now I lean into that. I lean into that difference. I lean into that notice. Um, I lean into my intuition, because now I trust myself more. I think that experience going to Africa for six months was really about me validating the fact that I have this internal guidance system and that my heart can really lead the way that's best for me. And so um, that's the kind of leader I am now.
0: I love that answer. Intuitive leader. I have not heard somebody say that before, but but it's a lot of what we do, right? Where yes. we kind of check in with our gut. We kind of take in all the information for the situation. And then, you know, what is our heart saying? And, you know, using all of our sensibilities to decide how to move forward really is like just an amazing way to go about the world.
1: Yes. Yes. It's been um, eye opening since I've kind of leaned into it more.
0: I bet. I bet. I, I need to lean into that a little bit more myself. So this is a great reminder. And Keisha, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us?
1: Okay. So I know you've heard me talk a lot so far about um, both my marketing business and then also spirituality. And for me, um, in the past, those two were very linear. They were very separate. Um, but when I went to a recent conference and I was listening to a lot of the influencers on stage and they were talking a lot about not only marketing, but they were talking about the transformation or the change that they were bringing to others and to the world. And that's something I'm deeply interested in transformation and change. And I thought, wow, you know, these people have more of a spiritual message than I thought. I thought that I was attending a business conference, but really it was um, a spiritual conference. They were simply using marketing as a platform for their messages and their messages were really about helping other people. And so um, I began to ask some of the thought leaders that I connected with after their you know, sessions, if I could interview them. So I'm putting together this small marketing summit, if you will, for late in the summer. Um, I'll reveal the different recordings, but I'm interviewing some well-known influencers, but from the aspect of the transformation and the change that they're bringing to the world and to other people, and not strictly about their business. And for me, I was really excited about this because this is the first time I can really identify the intersection of marketing, which is what I do on the business side, and spirituality, which is what I help other people with, you know, helping to encourage them and to inspire them. I'm lumping that into what I'm calling spirituality. Um, And I've even built a methodology around it, you know, how you can um, share your messages with the world a little more intuitively and what that process looks like. So I'm really excited about that because I think it's a different way of um, thinking about marketing.
0: And I think there is such, um, I'm going to use this word craving,
1: Uh in this
0: world to hear more about spirituality and I I remember getting a sense of that when I was doing my coach training which was eight years ago gosh it's been that long Um, (laughs) but I've also noticed it more and more over the years I remember sometimes I would couch my language with my clients to talk about you know purpose and energy and connection and that whole thing and more often than not people would be like oh well did you want to just say this spirituality and I'd be like yes (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. And they'd be like, okay, just say it, you know, cause like I'm, they, they were like, I'm down with this. I actually want to be talking about this. And yeah. last summer I started, you know, cause I, I consider myself a very spiritual person Person. Like my relationship with God is very important to me, although I'm not practicing any religion right now. And I think a lot of people are I'm in there this, with you.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: a lot of people are in the same boat where, and I have some clients who are practicing in religions and they're very happy and, and it's their place and they're comfortable with it. But I'm finding more and more people who are feeling a little displaced because they're not aligning with any particular religion, but they are very spiritual and they're kind of like, they feel like they're floating right? Because yes. they, they don't have anywhere where they, they can like talk about this and talk about it with, you know, and, the, and, and there there sometimes can be this hesitancy, even among friends to talk about, well, what's your relationship with God? You know, what's your higher purpose? Why do you feel like you're here and all of that? So I, I love that you're bringing this into marketing, because I think people want more and more of that is to talk about, purpose and transformation and helping people to evolve and transform, um, and bringing it into an area like marketing. Like, I can't can't wait
1: to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm really excited about it because at first I was like you, I was very hesitant to talk about my spiritual elements, but, um, those spiritual pieces are part of the whole that is Keisha. And so, um, I can't separate them and it's integrated within me. And so um, why not, you know, talk, share these elements. And I think you're right. I think there is a craving for um, people out there who are somewhat displaced maybe from traditional religion Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they would more closely identify with someone who is talking a little more about, you know, spirituality in the sense of being heart centered and being inspirational and those sort of pieces.
0: Yeah. And I think it's going to be powerful for you within your business just because it is a part of who you are. And I think people can sense it because last summer I released an episode talking about my spirituality and my relationship with God. And I can't even tell you how many responses I got to that episode. Um, Some people were like, yes, right on. I feel the same way. And even some people were like, well, I don't see things the way you do, but I'm so happy that you came out and said it. Like that yes. you're you're being real. This is what you believe. And this is this is who you are. And I feel like I know you better because of it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. I could sense that about you when I actually met you and the fact that you in the your podcast the way that you do with the quote from Marianne Williamson, who is someone mm-hmm. I really admire. I knew that you definitely had spirituality going on.
0: Yes. And I think, so I'm sure it it like made people relieved for me to be like, this is how I practice my spirituality. This is my relationship with God. They were like, I knew it. Right.
1: Exactly. There were breadcrumbs there that kind of indicated it, but yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And now it's all out in the open and we can discuss it. I love this Keisha. Let's take a break here to talk about the sponsor for this episode, Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of 100% organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. It is a company founded by women for women. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, your perfect mix of absorbency, your number of boxes, and the frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel at any time. I've had the Lola products shipped right to my door and the variety of products had everything I needed. And I've always had a worry in the back of my head about toxic shock syndrome since I started using tampons in my teens, but I didn't worry about that using the Lola products for 40% off your first order. Visit mylola.com and enter promo code LEAD40 when you subscribe. That's mylola.com and enter promo code LEAD40, the number's four zero, LEAD40, to get 40% off your order when you subscribe. Now, on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now?
1: Yes. So I left more of a steady corporate job, in order to, you know, step out again and make sure that I was working with inspirational entrepreneurs, change makers. But you can only work individually with so many. Mm-hmm. And so I have a handful that I'm working with. Um, and so now my my challenge is scalability. I've kind of, uh, freedom is very important to me, freedom, travel, family, um, not specifically in those, that order, but I've kind of worked myself back into a job. Now it's Mm -hmm. it's work that I love, but yet I'm still putting in full-time hours now again, because I have these like many different bosses. It almost feels like kind of pulling at me. So (laughs) (laughs) that was not my intention when I did this. Although I do, you know, I love the work and I love the people that I'm working with. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, how do I still share my knowledge and share my skill set with the maximum amount of people without, um, you know, dividing myself into you know, and scattering myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So
0: where you are right now is the majority of the work you're doing requires you to work with one person at a time. And it's requiring you to be live or requiring your, your time to yes. work on that one person's accounts, per, let, let's call it an account or their brand.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Exactly. And you need to move to a place where it sounds like, it's either automated or you're working within like groups. Is there potential for any of that in your business?
1: Yes. I have been investigating building a membership site Mm -hmm. so that I can kind of download my 20 years of marketing and lessons and that kind of thing. So I'm very much interested in taking that to the next level. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there, there is that possibility.
0: Okay, anything else?
1: Um, I also have, um, I'm kind of interested in maybe a mastermind or working individually with women who are wanting to also um, step out and do marketing in a particular way. So almost coaching other uh, marketers and helping them navigate, um, the clients that they're working with. I've, I have, I've worked in all different realms, um, including government. And that's a particular brand of marketing where you're, um, this contractor and you come in and you have to navigate the world of that federal agency. And so, um, it's very different than, working just with an individual client or a small business. So, you know, I've had experiences in a lot of different um, places and environments. And so I could help especially new marketers navigate that.
0: Uh, You know, I love all of these ideas. Like the membership site has the potential. Yes, there's some live or group work that can be done depending on how you set it up. But Mm -hmm. you can also automate. You can create a video library that would take people through. Okay, here's what you need to do A through Z.
1: Yes.
0: You know, to get your, you know, it could even be for the inspirational entrepreneur, like how to get yourself ready to work with a marketer. You know, that could, Uh and and then the next stage. I love that right? And then there's the next stage, like, okay, you're ready. How, like, how do you need to work with this person? You know, like what's required of you? What should you expect of them? It could be that whole process of finding the person to work with, or if it's, if it's ultimately, they're only going to work with you. it it's then, okay, here's the next step. Here's then what you have to do, that whole thing. Because I've seen different membership sites and I like the ones who have like a beginner, intermediate and advanced section because what's going to happen is you're going to attract entrepreneurs that are at all different levels unless you're only going to market to somebody who's in startup or who's ready to break into, you know, a certain number of employees or a certain... um you know, um, money category or, or something like that, or a specific Mm -hmm. niche. So, but with membership sites, what, um, kind of like the, the feedback I would give on those is the more niche, the better, and the more tactical, the better, because the people I've seen struggle with membership sites are are the ones who they're not selling, um, something that's tactical. They're, they're selling transformational. You know, that's, that's a harder sell, but you could sell something that's very tactical. Like if you join this membership site, you'll be able to accomplish X, Y, Z, you know, and, and then be continuing to network. Um, I love masterminds. Masterminds are great because you can, you know, keep it reasonably priced. And then, you know, the only thing with masterminds is you got to make sure, you know, how many people need to be in the mastermind for it to run and be profitable.
1: Right. Because mm-hmm. that's
0: where people get into trouble is because we you do it at, a, a, like, say, a lower price point than private coaching because it's a group program. But then if not enough people sign up, then you end up either losing money or, like, breaking even, that sort of thing. But ma- people love masterminds um, because they're very interactive um, and you just get so much out of the group dynamic. That's perfect. And then I love this other area that you're talking about, too, of Um, coaching other marketers, because you've been doing this for a while, and you have a lot of knowledge to share, right? You're, You're experienced, and you've done well for yourself. So you're at a stage in your business where you absolutely can, you know, for lack of a better term, cash in. You know, on yes. what what you've been through, right? All of yeah. those experiences mm-hmm. have value, um, and that's what you're selling. You're gonna say, "Look, I've been in," especially when you you talked about like government, like that's that's a hard nut to crack, and it can be it, <laughs> it can be difficult to navigate too, you know. So, I love that when you said that, I was what I loved about it was it's niched. You're looking. To coach marketers who want to get into doing government work. And you can give them very specific advice, consulting, and also coaching on how to be successful in that arena. And because it's so niched and because it's so tactical, you can ask for a higher price point on that.
1: Mm, yeah. And the,
0: so even though you're working with individuals, you don't have to work with as many to make the same amount of money that you're making right now working with a whole bunch of people.
1: Right. Yeah. You can, no. you can have fewer bosses. <laughs> <laughs> These are great insights. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that help you? It Did does that move you forward? Absolutely. It okay. does. Mhm.
0: Awesome. And I'll just say this as as a last sticking point, um just partly from our conversation and partly um just because I know what women go through when we're first putting out new services is really think about the value of what somebody's going to get by working with you whether it's from the membership site, the mastermind or the coaching for marketers, what value are they going to gain and what is it worth? Right. And typically okay. like the kind of like the, the rule of thumb I've heard out there, like for women is whatever price you come up with, double it.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> double yes. It. Right. Because yeah, that, that early conversation before we hit record and it's about pricing and how we tend to undervalue ourselves um, because I don't want to make the person feel bad or, you know, it's it's a difficult thing, this whole The pricing piece. Yeah.
0: Really put the work into um, documenting what the value is of these things. Like, what is somebody going to get? Why is it worth it to them? What is it going to provide them in their life? Like, I'm thinking the coaching for marketers is I'm going to save you years of mistakes. What is that worth?
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: and I'm also going to give you some insider information. So that like, you look good the first time around, like, what is that worth? You know, so, you know, and, and go over it with, with a friend, with other marketers, with other people who are in government and really tease out what is all of the value of it. Because once we're clear on the value and we're confident of the value, the price will come out of your mouth without any hesitation. Like it costs this much and it is worth it.
1: Excellent. Excellent hmm. Excellent. Love it. That's great. Thank you.
0: Yes. So follow up with me and let me know like which ones you're choosing oh, yeah. over time and how is it going? Because I, I always get curious on where people land. So awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, Keisha, now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader?
1: Meditation for me, I've been doing it consistently now for about a year and it really helps to level set my day. I think that when I tap into you know, the divine energy source, the creator, however you term it, I really have a better reaction to things that kind of um, pop up throughout the day. Before, I think I was a little more reactionary. Um, but now I'm a little more calm because I've already... Um, fueled myself with energy. And I'm not, I'm kind of like tapping into a collective understanding rather than just coming from my own egotistical mindset so that when people bump against me throughout the day or personalities um clash with mine, I'm able to kind of take a step back and look at that person as part of the collective and not as an insult on me as an individual. And it's been game changing for me. That's amazing.
0: And what advice would you give your younger self?
1: I would say be authentic. There were times that I kind of devalued myself or I would try to be what I thought that person wanted me to be. This is in relationships. It's it's at work. It's in different um, different arenas. But. I've always had the best results when I was true to who I really am. You know, when I bring forth my humor, my personality fully, um, that's when I've had the best results. So I would have told my younger self, be authentic, just be who you are and people will accept you where you are or not. And that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes it's good. Yes.
0: (laughs) Then you avoid the people who you don't click with anyway. And that's fine. I love it. Now, Keisha, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you.
1: Yeah. So for me, this is kind of um, a personal mantra that I've lived by. And it's really that there is something inside of us that transcends the human experience of race and culture and class. And for me, that's the human spirit. Um, I've I've had experiences where I've dealt with people from all different walks of life, from all different classes. And I remember, you know, someone telling me that, you know, these this group of people, they're not going to be able to relate or connect with you. And I remember saying that even in my 20s, you know, they will connect with me because they have a human spirit and that transcends everything. And I was able to make deep connections with Um, a group of people that were very different from me. They walked a different walk, but we found a common ground and um, it was beautiful. And it was because we had that human connection.
0: And lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
1: You can visit my website and that's keishareynolds.com, dot scom And that's a good way to connect with me. And also you can check out my podcast that Jody mentioned, and that's globalwarriors.org.
0: Awesome. And for those of you listening, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. So if you didn't get to write down all of the spelling of that website, don't worry. It's in the show (laughs) notes. You'll find it there. And Keisha, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you and your audience.
0: Okay, let's take a break here to talk about one of my favorite subjects, podcast movement. If you have not heard of this conference before, let me tell you, podcast movement is the world's largest gathering of podcasters or anyone who's looking to start their own podcast the right way. There are those who have not launched yet newbie podcasters those who like me have been podcasting for three to five years There are people who've been doing it for five to ten years and some even a whole lot longer then you've got the indie podcaster who is what i would consider myself somebody who does this from the comfort of their own home You know, they're kind of amateurish, but they're doing it. They're doing it strong. And then there are the professional agencies like NYC, NPR, and Panoply, all represented with speakers and attendees. No matter what your status as a podcaster, Podcast Movement has sessions you want to attend and people you want to meet. So for $50 off any level of registration, visit podcastmovement.com and enter promo code LEAD. L-E-A-D. Again, that's podcastmovement.com. Promo code LEAD. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marian Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone.